630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. I'm Adam Brills. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Jason Moss and Morley Scott starts right now. It's brought to you by Jiffy Lube, where you can earn a $100 travel credit. JiffyLubeService.ca Every empire needs a leader to encourage, energize, and elevate them. We are Eskimos Empire, and this is the Eskimos Coaches Show with our leader, Jason Moss, brought to you by Jiffy Lube, where you can earn a $100 travel credit. JiffyLubeService.ca. Here's Morley Scott with Jason Moss on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Ellingson goes wide to the left. Everybody else in motion as the ball snapped to Harris. He'll throw. He's got a man wide open. Touchdown, Eskimos. Kenny Stafford to the end zone, and the Eskimos take the lead. There's the pass to Stafford. He's got it inside the five. Kenny Stafford's got a pair. Touchdown, Eskimos. There's the snap to Harris. He'll take the drop. Some pressure's coming, but he's going to get it away, and... Touchdown, Eskimos. C.J. Gable Are with the sh- reception into the end zone. Are you sure? You look like Fred Stamped on that play. We're in the same number. Harris takes a snap, draws back. He throws. That's complete and a big game for the Eskimos. It's Ricky Collins, Jr. again. He takes the Eskimos to the 25-yard line of the Montreal Alouettes. Big play at a crucial time for 45 yards. He wants to throw it downfield. He does, and it is intercepted. Eskimos have it. It's intercepted by Anthony Orange, who we haven't said much about in this game because they don't throw to him very often, and that's why. Trevor Harris takes the snap, then takes a knee. That is it. Game one is in the books, and the new-look Eskimos have a win, 32-25. There you go. Good evening, everybody. Game one in the books. Game one is a win for the Eskimos. Welcome to the Coaches Show with Jason Moss for a Jiffy Lube. And we say off the bat, good evening to the coach. How are you, Jason? Doing great, man. Thanks. Uh, well, did you, first off, uh, did you have a good Father's Day? you get some time at home with the kids and the family yesterday or not? Uh, not much. They uh, they came in and seen me in the morning and uh, dropped. My daughter came and had lunch with me. My my wife and uh, son went to Banff for the, the weekend, so they were taken off. He had a ball hockey game that day. So they did that in the morning, but I got to see him real early, and then uh, that was about it. Well, that's good. At least you got to see him. That's good. I'm sure a, a more enjoyable visit after a win, 32-25 over Montreal. Pretty good way to start the season. Yeah, no question. I mean, it was uh, a good game. All, I mean, all three phases, I felt, uh, played solid. Um, and it was a tight game down at the end. I mean, anytime you know you get a 25-25 game, you know, two minutes to go and you pull it out. It always feels great to do that. I've always said it. I mean, if you knew you were going to win all of them, you'd like them all to come like down like that because it's, there's just something about CFL football the last mm-hmm. three minutes. But you'd prefer it not to happen that way, but always nice when it does turn out well for you. Um, but a lot of lessons learned through the game. Uh, I, like I said, it's the first time we got to play a 60-minute game with our full group and uh, definitely things to get better at. Let's talk about that last three minutes. Uh, coaches love to use the word complimentary football. You really got that. Uh, the defense holds for the field goal to tie the game. Uh, then you get a good return to set you up in a pretty good field position. Offense goes, marches down, scores the touchdown to get the lead, and then the defense gets the interception. I mean, it's, it's the way you map it out, right? Yeah, no, it was tremendous. And then, you know, we got to, you know, kneel at the end, you know, yeah. and, and got to run the clock out. So, you know, all, all three phases, like I said, playing well at the right moment uh, was outstanding. Um, you know, our return game up to that point, you know, wasn't as good as we'd like it to be. 
but when it mattered most, those guys came through. And our, um, you know, our cover units all night were outstanding. So it was nice to see our return game get something going. Uh, obviously sparked by our defense getting a stop, and then our offense obviously doing what they did to get the ball down um, and scoring there, and then defense getting a turnover and the offense running it out. That doesn't get much better than that in the last yeah. three minutes of a football game. It's been 22 years since an Eskimo team produced 600 yards in offense in a game. Uh, I, I imagine there's no way you imagine that would happen in week one, considering the new faces, the new system and everything. It's a, That's a great way to start it. No, it is. I mean, it's like I say, it sets the bar pretty high for us to, to keep doing things like that, but uh, knows what we're, shows what we're capable of when we play with good football. Um, you know, offensive line blocking for Trevor, Trevor locating receivers, receivers getting open, catching the ball, CJ running hard. You know, it's a good compliment. You know, you talk about complimentary football and offense when you can complement one another and mm -hmm. spread the ball around. Um, I think what it does for our guys, it, it shows the amount of work they put in. You know, Jordan McSimmick and Mike Gibson and Tim Prinson and Jason Tucker, on our assistant coaches on, on offense, doing their jobs and coming up with great game plans and teaching it to our players and getting them to understand it. But the players have to put in the lonely work, as we like to say, uh, going home and learning it after the four and a half hours is up during the day that we get to spend with them. And I felt like, you know, during the week when we talked about the walkthrough and how great it was, you know, it's nice for the, those guys to see such hard work pay off in such a spectacular fashion. You're obviously always going to want to win a game, but winning week one with the circumstances around your team uh, in the off season and all the new guys, uh, a little bit more important than winning week one some other years? Well, I think they're all, they're all important, um, but no question when you bring a new group of guys in and you preach culture and you preach teamwork and you say you know how important it's going to be to define your team and what you want your team to look like and you know it's going to help you win ball games at the end. You're going to win character, character. You're going to get character wins because of how close you are and how much you care for one another. And then all of a sudden, week one, you go out and you do it it starts to lend, lend credence to what you're saying and what you're preaching. And I think guys start buying in even quicker. Um, I, I, whether it was more important this year than ever, I like to think that we've, we've talked about this year being 2019 is all about us and going in and, and making this culture and this team and this organization as close as possible and changing th some things and making it more of a positive to be in our building. And I think we've accomplished that to start and just got to keep uh, adding to it. You've been watching these guys probably on video for months leading up to training camp. You've been watching them and thinking about them 24-7 since May 19th. Did you see anything in the game Friday that surprised you about your team? Um, to be quite honest with you, no. I mean, I, you know, I'm a p very positive thinker when I'm on the sidelines when I'm watching us play. And, and knowing I, I've just been around the CFL too long to know that every game, I, I always believe they're going to be tough battles. I don't ever go into a game expecting to to lose or win big. It's just I feel like they're always going to come down to the end, and I'm always prepared for that. And I try to prepare our team that way, too, to be mentally physic and mentally and physically tough. Um, you know, so I, I, it's, I guess more validation of what I think we are, and that's, you know, kind of what was on display throughout the game. I mean, things were going well. Guys were up. Things were going bad. Guys were patting each other on the back. You know, um, you know, getting guys going again. Um, we talked a lot about. We had Chris Morris come in from the U of A, talk to our team a little bit right before the game. You know, during the week, I guess day three or whatever it was, day two, and he talked about a lot about when he was here, his rookie year, about how much they believed in each other and it didn't matter what the score was. They just believed they'd they'd find a way to win. And when you have that belief, anything's possible. And I, I think our guys, it, it kind of 
hit home to a lot of people that this organization is different. And, and when we get that many group of guys thinking that way, how powerful it is. And so I, that's what, what I saw on the sidelines. And mm-hmm. those are the kind of things that I'm why I'm excited about the future for us. 447 yards, three touchdown passes, uh, touchdown on the ground. Trevor Harris was kind of as advertised, uh, crisp, efficient, accurate, everything that, that everyone knows he is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Trevor, like I've, I've said before, I mean, when we got him back in February, um, you know, just when we, he and I first talked, one of the first things I said to him is, man, don't you dare try to be anybody but who you are because what I've witnessed over the last three years of you playing a lot of football or four years of playing a lot of football between Toronto and Ottawa is you're more than capable of winning Grey Cup and, and, and leading a high-powered offense. I mean, you're just so efficient. You're accurate. You make good decisions. You're good in the pocket. Um, you know, I know he's a student of the game because I've witnessed that firsthand as a backup when he was in Toronto and a third stringer and he's just making our team how much how studious he is about the game and how much he studies and cares about the game so I knew that was never going to be questioned but watching him play over the last three years in particular last year you know through ups through downs you know he was steady Eddie for their their team and got him to a great cup so i've seen him be hot and i know what that looks like from afar yeah. but to see it up close know the preparation he puts in know how much is on our quarterbacks in our system to run it and to run it the right way and to watch him go out and do it against a team that we weren't sure what they were going to really do to us so it was you know go in with this plan and, and try to execute it the best we can and for him to go out you know and do that was was phenomenal i said some stats about him uh, one of the stats that really stood out to me was like 10 minutes into the game or less he was five for five and he'd thrown the ball to five different receivers yeah and that's what he does i mean he's he makes good decisions like i said that's our offense our offense is predicated on the defense deciding where the offense where the offensive quarter or the guys put the ball i should say um in order to do that though you have to have protection by your o-line and if you watch trevor play in that game he was barely touched. I mean, um, you know, they had some pressure at times, but there were very few times where he wasn't able to step mm-hmm. into a throw. And anytime you have a professional quarterback, they can go through a progression with that amount of time and that amount of space. He was as accurate as Trevor is. It's, it's very difficult to stop. Um, so, you know, he, he was great, but he had a lot of help up front to, to make him even better. Um, but it's still extremely impressive. You had the the longest of all possibilities for a touchdown drive. You had a 109 yard touchdown drive in the in the game. Uh, that was pretty smooth. I mean, you got everything you needed. You passed the ball. I think five passes, four rushes. You got key second down conversions and the big catch by C.J. Gable at the end. It was that was a thing of beauty, really. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was tremendous. Like I said, that that offensive drive again. It goes back to you know not complaining, not flinching. Our guys just. Hey, we were put in a bad spot. Let's believe we're going to get out of this. I mean, people around the league know we're pretty aggressive when we're backed up. We don't just tuck tail and 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 do anything. We're we're pretty aggressive coming out of our own end. So it's kind of like that fighter's mentality. When you're backed up against ropes, what do you do? Well, we slug our way out of it generally. You know, we've got one goal in mind. That's to get a first down, so that no matter what, we're going to mm-hmm. you know let our defense play again. But you know, g- generally we're pretty aggressive back there. So it, w- it was good to see us get out right away and then just march down the field. And there's nothing more to me more demoralizing than have a team backed up and let them march all the way down and score on you. So that was that was great to see, and it was definitely much needed in that ball game. Address 118 yards and penalties and and the turnovers. Obviously, that's that's the downside. That yeah, I mean, taken. again, it's early in the year, and I know um, you know we're not going to always be at our best early in the season with those things because there's it's the first time you're playing football for 60 minutes, reacting to different things that you're seeing. So 
Um, and all the penalties were a little bit different. We had some roughing penalties that are uncharacteristic of our team. You know, um, you know, we had a few in the whole uh, return game. I know holding wise that we were just out of position technique wise. So I think those will get better. And, and generally, as the seasons always progress, we do get better. But you know, I'm not real excited about it. But it's kind of like beating a dead horse. We talk about it all the time. We do a lot of things, and our guys just got to get better. Um, you know, turnovers are. You know, we had the the fumble inside the five-yard lines. It's, it's alarming in the simple fact that the last three games we've played, two preseason games and a regular season game, we fumbled the ball inside our own – or inside the red zone, inside the five-yard line three times mm-hmm. now. That cannot happen. I mean, those are big moments in games. Um, you know, in our second preseason game against Winnipeg, we're driving against their first-team defense, and that game's a totally different game if, yeah. our, if we go in and score on them and they get the turnover and make it a big thing. And same thing in this game. And we go in and score, we feel a whole lot better about ourselves. The turnover on downs, I mean, I look at that as it's probably a poor decision on my part. I, it was a yard and a half, and we tried to sneak it. I thought we got great push. Um, but ultimately, they decided that it didn't get far enough. So I take that one on me. And then money on his, on his uh, miscue on the, the punt return, it was simple, an alignment thing for him. I mean, he aligned too far back, and they had caught us off guard. They had had their offense in looking like they were going to go for it. At the last second, they throw their punt team out there. Money has – I mean, we have trust in money. I mean, he does it all the time in practice. But to go from 65 yards deep and try to come up and catch a punt, very difficult to do. So I think that's just something we'll learn from, he'll learn from, um, you know, and, and, and we'll move on. But – do you think that was a was that planned by them to try and catch you off guard, or did you think well, they just changed their mind at the last second? Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. mean, that's, sometimes that's, you know, yeah. I mean, whether it was planned or not, I mean, it worked. You, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. did work. Um, but it wouldn't have if if we if money's ten yards up further, you know, yeah. and he's com- catching that comfortably, right? So you know that could have been something. You know, Kahari's first game coaching and having to make those decisions mm-hmm. on the fly, and whether you. You know, talk about them or do whatever. I mean, sometimes those those are split second decisions you got to make. And so, if there was any uncertainty, either way, it worked out for them and unfortunate for us. Vontae Diggs penalty. Uh, is that? Do you think in have any relationship to what happened the night before with Simone? Well, Lawrence? it could have, but I mean, I look at that in a couple different ways. I mean, to me, if he doesn't touch him and he's going over the top, the guy upstairs should have looked at it and they should have waved it off completely. I'm thankful it wasn't a 25-yard penalty because it definitely wasn't that. The other thing is we have embellishing rules now too. So when Adams stayed on the ground, mm-hmm. the way he did, it looked like he was embellishing it a bit, in my opinion. His head just, went back pretty yeah. fast, yeah. So, and then he just jumps right back up. So two things there. It's either embellishing or the injury spotter should have seen him go out and then come back up to life, which do you do. People get knocked out all the time quickly, hit the ground, and then bounce right back up, mm-hmm. and they're fine. But either way, I think the injury spotter, if he thought that was the case, then you should have taken him out for three three plays. So it's, it should have been a 10-yard penalty on them potentially. Three plays, he's out, or it's nothing. Yeah. You know, and that's the way I looked at it. I don't think Vontae Diggs hit him at all. I think he hit him with his hand, slapped yeah. him barely as he went yeah. over the top. It could have been far worse. But either way, I mean, I, I would rather us in this league err on protecting quarterbacks than not. Um, so we'll just leave it at that. All right. Uh, Jason Moss and the Coaches Show uh, for Jiffy Lube. Uh, we'll take a break. Be back with more on 630 Chet. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, where you can earn a $100 travel credit. JiffyLubeService.ca on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chet.
Back with the coach until the top of the clock. Morley Scott with Jason Moss. Uh, the uh, Eskimos' next game will be Friday night uh, on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium against the BC Lions. And it's a weird game. I mean, there's so many Eskimos coming back on that BC Lions team, of course, including Mike Riley. Uh, Jason, is there a way to make this a normal game? Is it possible to make this a normal game? I know you guys will focus, and as you use the phrase today, a faceless opponent, but there's going to be so much, I think, going on around you on the outside, media-wise, fan-wise. Is it going to be tough to make it just a normal game? Yeah, I think one of one of those things is, you know, when as long as our room understands what we're getting ourselves into, and, and to me, you know... <sighs> let the circus around us happen i don't we don't really care we're at home we're a a a group of guys that have come together with lunch pills every single day since they've been here we work we talk about process we talk about the next play mentality about every day is important to you know live where your feet are basically all if if that's what we truly believe in then who cares who we play and who cares what the hoopla is surrounding this game they should all be the same then and that's our focus so I, that's why i say we don't care who's coming to this building we all get it but it's not going to make us play any different and it shouldn't and so our you know we we realize emotions play a big part in every game they do and anytime a, a um, another team comes into your building a western opponent it's a big deal and just so happens that, yeah, it's Mike Riley's first time coming back and all this stuff. You know, it is another game for us, and that's the way we're approaching it. Now, don't get me wrong. We're going to come in and play the brand of football we know how to play, and we're going to be excited about that, but not any more excited than we will be anybody else who comes in this building. You've seen teams game plan to stop Mike Riley for the last three years. How do you game plan to stop Mike Riley? I mean, the pressure is the biggest the pressure and confusion and you can pressure a quarterback by doing a lot of different things it doesn't mean bringing one extra all the time i mean it means affecting him whether you're bringing four or five six three you're just trying to give him different looks to make him feel uncomfortable i mean if you can make a quarterback feel uncomfortable no matter how good he is you know he's not going to play as, as good as he should um so we're going to have to do that he's as smart as a quarterback i've ever coached so if we show him the same looks over and over again he's going to know it and he's going to get rid of the ball you want mike to hold it you want guys to be around him as good as he is with people around him that's also what you know you got to feel good about you got to feel that that gives you the best chances to have guys in his space hitting them touching them you know roughing up his guys doing things like that because if you let him back there clean i mean he can throw it everywhere and the other thing is our guys got to tackle and so they got to get guys down um when you get him in the pocket you got to put two hands around him and really get after it because he's big and strong and he's mobile as hell so if he gets out he can hurt you just as bad so you know we got to play good disciplined football but again you got to affect him and like i said there will be a very variety of ways uh lolly decides to do that uh you can't do it any one way because again he's smart enough to figure those things out so you know we'll see i mean i i feel like you know in the in the, in the past you know whether he's not he's never no quarterback plays perfect every game and i've watched the best ones around the world you know tom brady's those guys when they get pressure around them and they're constantly hit it doesn't matter who you are. You're going to not play up to your ability at times. And it doesn't have to be the whole game. It can just be mo- big opportunities and big moments where we affect them 
and he makes a mistake or he doesn't throw it as accurate as he can and we make him pay for it so you know that'll be the plan early in the season but i mean a uh, chance to go two and oh and and get a two-game jump on a team that you know you're going to be battling with all season long it's uh it's as big as to get for week two is it not yeah i mean i think so i mean we again we're a one and oh team we want to go one and oh this week and don't care about anything else and tomorrow we just want to have a great day too so obviously the end goal this week, the, the prize this week is to go 2-0 and and to be 2-0 and at home like you should. I mean, that's you got to take care of business at home in this league, particularly in the West. But our focus when I get off this, this uh, call here, this uh, radio show, is going to go back, get some sleep so I'm ready and, and, and bushy-tailed in the morning and can think and get our guys to play as best as they can. So that's our focus is just the next, next moment or our moment. And uh, you're in a pretty good spot, uh, as we talked about earlier. You know, you won your first game, and that kind of gets the momentum going. And uh, we've seen it before, and you know, a couple of years ago, when you when you start to win early, you just keep going, and it just gets it just builds and builds. Yeah, and we've builds. been a streaky team since I've been here. I mean, we've 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 had six game winning streaks. We've had you know big time winning streaks. We've we've been hot. We've been cold as well. But you know, when we get hot, we're tough. We're tough out. So you know, hopefully, this just keeps going this way. You know. I, I, I like to think that the way we prepare and the way we um, mentally stay in each and every day that we're what we're doing gives us a chance to do that. And with the team we have right now assembled, I feel like they're just coming together. They're they're uh, they're close, and I think they like playing for one another. So it's it's fun to go to work every day right now, and I just hope it continues. We're off to a great start for the 2019 season. Eskimos are one and zero, looking to go two and zero Friday night, seven o'clock against the BC Lions. Coach, you need to go home and get some sleep. Thanks yeah, a lot. Absolutely. All right, have a good night. That's Eskimos head coach uh, Jason Moss. My name's Morley Scott. Have a great night, everybody. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.